You're listening to episode 74 of Daughters on Fire with Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about emotions, how to understand emotions so they can stop getting in the way. Okay, maybe that's a little too easy. Emotions are going to get in the way every now and then, but maybe you can understand them a little bit better. Maybe you can understand when you need to show up for the emotion, as difficult as it may be, and maybe when it's time to cheer up. Understanding what's going on for you and your loved one helps make the nuances between the two a little bit easier to deal with. So stay tuned. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. Welcome back to the podcast. Robin, how are you doing today? Doing good. We're just waiting for Ida to hit. Yes. Yes, folks. This is uh, the tail end of August as we record this. And uh, Ida is going to be sweeping through Middle Tennessee here shortly with lots and lots of rain. So I hope you have a lot of indoor stuff to do tomorrow. As I do. <laughs> but it's been, August has been pretty soggy around here. Lots of rain. So today I wanted to talk about, because I see it a lot in my practice, I wanted to talk about the emotions of our loved ones. So I will get probably at least once a month, someone giving me a call saying, my mom or dad who I'm caring for is depressed. Can they come see you? And the answer is like, yes, I do work with adults of all ages and older adults as they deal with the anxiety and depression related to aging issues. So that's definitely an area that I work with. The irony is that I usually ask more about the caregiver because sometimes the caregiver needs to actually be the one to come see me. Like I find as I, I, as I dig a little deeper that the motivation for the older adult to come see me is almost zil. (laughs) (laughs) Zil, nil, whatever it is. It's almost that that's me combining zero and nil together. Did you like that, Robin? I did. But do you think that's because they're a different generation and their generation wasn't so much about counseling as the generations of the last probably three decades? Yes. Yeah. I definitely think that. I think also that some of them are just, you know, maybe more set in their ways. And so they may be more um, particular, but yes, that is definitely one issue. And so today I I definitely want to talk about maybe their experiences and the experience of the caregiver and how these two worlds come crashing together. Because from my perspective, you do need to deal with them kind of in separation. Um, But what happens is that the caregiver is trying to fix their pain and suffering. And I'm talking about the caregiver's pain and suffering, not the individual, (laughs) by treating the, the older adults, anxiety, frustration, anger, whatever they're going through. They think mom and dad, they're so negative that if they were just to talk to you, they wouldn't be negative anymore. And that would make my caregiving journey easier. Sometimes starting with the caregiver, 
and saying, okay, do you need to come see me instead, especially if there's not as much motivation on the other end of things, do you need to come see me so that you can learn how to one, have a space of validation and support for you so that you can handle those moods and those ups and downs a little bit better. And typically, if somebody is feeling more grounded, more at peace on the journey, then that has a ripple effect to the loved one. And they may stop, you know, having all this negative emoting when the caregiver is around, because sometimes it's situational to when those two people are together and not that this person is in constant depression or anger or frustration or being nitpicky. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm sure you've seen that quite a bit where, you know, I don't know in your experiences when, when, oh, mom is just so angry and all she does is complain to me. Yet when the daughter's not around, the mom is perfectly fine and well-adjusted in her situation. I think, yes. And I think a lot of times in that situation, what's happening is if mom is the caregiver for the spouse and she's so frustrated, she needs to get some of that off her chest mm-hmm. she feels more comfortable she it's a safe zone for her to go to this daughter mm-hmm. and say all these things because she knows her daughter loves her dad husband just as much as she does and it's not going to go beyond the family we don't want to take our business outside of the family but what they're not recognizing is they're wearing down that caregiver in the process because oftentimes anybody who is in that situation wants to help and wants to help fix the situation. So if it's constantly this, this frustration, this unhappiness, this disease, uh, depression, anxiety, and you can't do anything, but listen, that feels very helpless. And like you said, it wears them down. It wears the caregiver down. Well, and I'm just, I was thinking over the weekend, I've had several different issues that I've dealt with some families that the emotion was involved. And one in particular is my own family that um, my cousins are moving my aunt and her son, which is my oldest cousin to another state. And the older cousin has dementia. And so he was acting out on Sunday, which he does act out, but it seemed to be more extreme. And I felt so bad for his caregiver, who is my cousin's daughter, and just said, you know, you've got to remember, he is probably anxious as well, because they know that this weekend, their house of 60 years is being Mm -hmm. loaded up, and they're going to move. Now, it's a good move. It Mm -hmm. makes sense. The move, all of it is very good and positive. But he doesn't know what to do with those emotions. And so Mm -hmm. she's frustrated saying, Today, he's done this, this, and this. So now I can't do this, this, and this because I have to stop and fix and deal with his emotions. And I think a lot of times when we're caring for somebody older or somebody with dementia, we forget that they do still have emotions and feelings. And they may not be able to say, as you and I, gosh, I really, I'm worried about moving and this and that. So they do it through acting out or complaining. Mm -hmm. Or making your life harder because that's how they 
it all just sort of, I, I picture it almost like it's just coming out the seams. It's just running out and mm-hmm. they don't know what to do with all these emotions and feelings. Yeah. And I think any kind of change, even if it's the best change in the world, everybody has to adapt to, and it's not going to be all good or all bad. In fact, that's why sometimes people who are anticipating something with great excitement are often dealing with disappointment afterwards because it has the both spectrums into the spectrums of good and bad mixed in with it. I can think of people who, you know, marriage is a perfect example, right? How excited are you to get married? And then it can be like, it can be something that is, as I, today's my anniversary, as I'm celebrating 18 years here, it can be something that after you get married, where even the wedding day will be a mixture of a lot of good and then maybe things, a little hiccups along the way. And then your um, honeymoon, all of it. When you look back in retrospect, you're like, okay, yeah, it was, there was so much anticipation for it to be good that there probably was a little bit of bridezilla going on or, (laughs) or there was a little bit during the, the first year of your marriage going on where you're adjusting change is hard, even if it's really, really good change. And ironically, a silver lining is with caregiving. Usually there's so much dread heading into it that when you look back in retrospect, you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was (laughs) going to be. Right. Because you're looking at it in the light of I'm, it's going to be really scary. It's going to be really hard. Can I get through it? And of course you can, because nothing is again, as good or as bad as we think it's going to be. So always, those are some two examples of two extremes um, that when you're going through a lot of change and adjustment to keep in mind this emotional component. So if we were to flip from the caregiver's experience of the situation and the caregivers need to definitely have a supportive environment for validation, support and connection, and we go to the older adult. So we've talked about someone with dementia, definitely tuning in to their behaviors, being an indicator of the, their emotional state, but also even if you're a caregiver and you're not dealing with dementia, you're dealing with somebody who's cognitively intact. I want you to be mindful of the fact that their experience at the age of like 85, as they're declining and their health and their stamina is, is at a much different place, their uh, outlook on life and motivation and drive is a lot different than their child who is maybe, you know, fifties or sixties has a lot ahead of them is excited, maybe in the throes of still working and grandchildren, you know, that whole, you can't take your experience as the younger caregiver and think that you, it needs to be the same zest for life as somebody who is older and declining. I see a lot of people think, well, you know, dad used to be so excited. He just doesn't seem to have any motivation anymore. And he doesn't want to get out and meet new friends and this and that because his 50 year old version of himself would have wanted to do that. His daughter's 56 year old version of herself wants to do that. That's not where they are on their experiential timeline. Right. And I, I just talked to somebody last week and they were telling me that their parent was 91 years old and had just lost within the last year, 
in, in the midst of COVID as well, and I don't think it was from COVID, their last three remaining friends. Mm. Can you imagine the feeling that they feel of here we are and all of our friends are gone mm-hmm. and we are by ourselves, you know, you have family, but it's different. We all talk to our friends differently than we talk to our, our children or even our parents, but it is a little, I would assume lonely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that here you are, no friends around, you're living alone. Who's coming to visit you? Who's not coming to visit you? You don't feel good. You don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, part you you either don't care if you live or die, or you also, my mom would measure things in, and I think I've said this before, I'm not buying a new washer because I won't outlive it mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. things like that. And I think that's their way of saying, gosh, the end is near. Mm-hmm. And, and letting go. And I don't think we have to feel a need to artificially recreate the life that they once lived in order to give them motivation to keep living. I think it's this journey of letting go. That's okay. And I'm I'm not saying don't intervene and don't try to help improve quality of life. I think that's very, very important, but also keep in mind that it's, you might only improve it incrementally (laughs) because you can't take them back in time. Well, and to your point earlier, we can't fix it. Mm-hmm. If you bring back a memory from when they were 60 years old, they might enjoy that, but that's not going to fix the feeling they have now. Mm-hmm. So I think we do tend to think, well, why isn't dad so rambunctious or why or trying to re- meet friends in his new assisted right. living? Right. And, and it may hurt. It may hurt dad to get physically hurt him to get up out of the chair or do whatever. And so those are things that I think as children, it scares us, but we forget their emotions. So we try to fix it. And all that does, I think, is increase the anxiety. And, well, and, it, it and cr- increases um, distance between the right. connection between you. Right. They just don't understand it. They don't get me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing is sometimes it's not about changing the emotion. It's about being present with the emotion. Yes. And, and, and that's hurtful, too, to hear that. But that's part of the job of the caregiver is mm-hmm. to allow that emotion to flow. And it's sometimes it, it's just hard. It's a hard concept. And the only reason, because I'm not there either, the only reason I have a different perspective on it is that I've been alongside so many people that have been through it that I have witnessed it and I can share that, you know, I can bear witness to their experience through other two other people who are going through it is that um, that our experience and what we want out of life right now is not what we will want out of life when we're nearing the end. It's a much different feeling and it is a feeling about letting go. And uh, I think this is an anecdotal story maybe that people tell who've lived in worked in nursing homes along the way is the story of Will you go visit Miss Smith? She is so depressed. She keeps talking about, you know, wanting to, wanting to die. And so go fix her, right? Go talk to her and go fix her and going down and sitting down with, with Mrs. Smith. And she says, you know, I've lived a really long, good life. Like you said, Robin, I've lost all of my best friends. I've lost my husband. My body is declining. I believe 
that I'm going to onto somewhere better, why would I want to keep living? I'm not going to hasten my life away, but, and, and I'm not going to be a harm to myself, but why at this stage of the game, do you all feel it's so important for me to want to keep living? And that is, it is true that we need to remember that our lives do come to an end. And at some point, I think people who are aging and declining, they start to let go and that's okay. I think you're right. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things for caregivers to face because does it look like a failure to them because they couldn't rally them? Mm -hmm. Or is it a success because you sit alongside them? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. and learn from them. So it, it is confusing. And, and we all have emotions, whether we're young or old. Um, <clears throat> the kids throw temper tantrums. Sometimes the old people do too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it could be that one day you're sitting with the emotion and one day you're bringing a smile to their face and, you know, you feel like, okay, I boosted them up out of that, that dreary mood. And the other day it's like, no, you just sit there like tomorrow here in Nashville, you just sit in the rain. Okay. Right. <laughs> you just let it rain. Well, and my girlfriend who I've talked about a lot that her mother is in a facility and <clears throat> her sister wants is the fixer. My friend is not. And I said, just go, take your laptop, take your iPad, just sit with, that's all she wants. She doesn't want you to feed her, bathe her, dress her, get her up and walk. She doesn't care about any of those things. She just wants somebody around. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, we'll have a game show or something on um, TV and we might chuckle every now and again, but that's all it takes. It's not hard. It's not a hard job. It's just it's hard to handle, I guess, mm-hmm. the emotion. Yeah, that's a good because way to put it. Because they're unseen, yeah. Yeah, is that it, it's, they're hard to handle. Yep. So making space for what is, yeah. And then also a little public service announcement, reaching out to maybe the professional and outside support, because it may be that you are that caregiver that can't bring a smile to their face but somebody else might have the expertise or the connection that can in that moment. So just be aware of building your team. (laughs) Have we said that before, Robin? Once or twice. (laughs) Leaning on other people (laughs) and, and, and also for that caregiver, knowing that maybe your emotional support is just as important or maybe more important than your loved one's emotional support. So if you're thinking they might need it, step back and say, Hmm, do I need it too? Make it a family affair. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you all next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey and the fire tribe is here to support you. Check us out at daughtersonfire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.